Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. This episode, we're bringing you a preview of the World Championships. And to help us break down the competition at Worlds is our friend and fellow journalist, Claire Cloutier. For those of you who aren't familiar with Claire, Claire is a journalist who covers figure skating for the U.S. Figure Skating Fan Zone figure skaters online, and her own website, A Divine Sport. She was at Four Continents last month, and actually, she was at the World Championships in France last year. Like us, she'll be watching and covering Worlds from home this year, but hopes to be at the World Championships the next two seasons. Montreal and Boston, (laughs) yes, North America Worlds, two years in a row. How incredible is that? Welcome, Claire. We're happy to have you with us. Yes. Well, Worlds is in Japan. It's the third time Satama has hosted Worlds in the past 10 years. Did we all know that? 2019 and 2014. I feel like Satama has had Worlds a few times. Like that, that city keeps coming up in figure skating. So they've, they've hosted a few. It also could be that they hosted some of the lower level Japan events because Harumi sends me photos from those competitions and they're all over the place in Japan. Yeah. Well, worlds being in Japan is great for the skaters because we know how much Japan loves figure skating. Not good news for us here in North America because that means when the competition is live in Japan, it's most likely going to be the middle of the night. So I don't know about you, Claire. Do you plan to be watching live? I know I'm going to try to watch as much as I can. I'm hoping I can watch a lot of it live. Um, You know, there's a couple nights where it's like literally going to be going all night long and for for us here in North America, and that's going to be kind of tough, but... I definitely uh, am planning to watch some of the events that start, you know, kind of late at night for us. Yeah. Me too. I have got to look at the schedule. I am going to try to, I'm going to try to watch as much as I can live. It's just, we don't get the replays. So I feel like I have to watch it live in order to see it. And I just think this is going to be a fun world because it's the first world going into this new quad. And there's a lot of potential for up-and-comers to leave the up-and-coming world and become, you know, the champions and stars of today. So I want to be able to see that as it's happening. But I also work full-time, so (laughs) it's not possible to stay up all night, every night. So I'm going to have to pick and choose what I stay up for. And you guys know that Ice Dance is going to be Number one on the priority list. It just, it has to be. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to, yeah, check the schedule and see if I can stay up a little bit here or there. But yeah, I cannot pull all-nighters when I need to go to work and do my real job. 
um, in the mornings. I yeah, I remember with the Olympics, I was a zombie <laughs> the for two weeks at work um, because I did stay up and I was you know making sure I was watching everything and um, but I can't I can't do it um, here this week. But I'm gonna try to watch as much as I can and uh, yeah, hopefully people will get to watch um, whether they're watching on Peacock, uh, YouTube. Um, I know our friend Mark Hanready is going to be commentating on for worlds on YouTube. Um, so yeah, hope people get to watch. Yeah. I always like when Mark does the commentary. He does Mm -hmm. so much research. (laughs) Yes, he does. I love getting his insight, especially about ice dance. Um, you know, some of the technical details and such, um, are are really great and uh also i love his insight on the choreography and performance uh i think he's he's excellent in that regard yeah i appreciate that as well i think he comes from that background of being a former skater plus also all of his experience on dancing on ice and he really seems to have a great understanding of that and it's something that with the judging system it's important for us and other fans to understand i think he does a great job But I think we should kick it off with the men's event. Let's talk about reigning world champion Shoma Uno, who's getting ready to defend his title. They say it's hard to defend your title here. So, I mean, but we've seen Nathan do it. So could Shoma do it? I'm thinking, you know, he's had an undefeated season. I'm thinking he can do this, but he's going to face some tough competition. Definitely. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I felt like last season was Shoma's season to start to shine, uh, getting a medal at the Olympics and then going on to Worlds and winning the title was fantastic. He had to fight off some stiff competition last year, but he doesn't have Yuma Kagiyama with him this year. He is, of course, still coming back from injury, did not qualify to compete at Worlds. Japan is a very deep field when it comes to singles. So it's very hard to get out of there and be able to go to other competitions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know who's had a really good season for Japan is Soto Yamamoto. Um, I think it's one of his best seasons with second at the Grand Prix Final. Um, he's won second a couple weeks ago at Challenge Cup. Uh, gold at the World University Games. He's really stood out this season. So I think we could see him um, challenge for the podium, uh, definitely. I'm not sure necessarily winning the title, but, you know, we never know. But, yeah, I definitely is one to watch. He's definitely one to watch for a podium spot at Worlds. And then, of course, Ilya which Claire got to see Ilya do the quad axle for the very first time in Lake Placid. She was one of those few people who was in Lake Placid for the in U.S. Person. Classic. Yes. What was that like, Claire, when you were there for that? Um, it was exciting. Um, it was a small audience, but somehow everyone seemed to know, you know, even though it was a small audience and people really went kind of a little bit wild uh even though it was a small crowd uh when he landed that job it was really fun i remember at skate america the audience really seemed to know that it was coming and everybody was kind of (laughs) braced on the edge of their seat waiting for him to do it with their phones in hand yep to record it it was so amazing to see that in person and see how far skating has really come. I mean, I never thought I would see a quad axle in my lifetime. And then when Hanyu started working on it and it became something he was focused on, I thought, well, maybe we'll see it. And it's pretty incredible that it's Ilya that did the first one and actually landed it with credit. So it's it's incredible that he's from the U.S. Again, he comes from a great skating lineage with both of his parents being competitive skaters and olympians for uzbekistan so you know skating is in his blood but he he did debut last year at the world championships 
where he finished ninth. He was not happy with his free skate at the U.S. Championships. If he lands the quad axle at Worlds, it will be the first one that was successfully landed. I'm wondering if he's going to be, I presume he's going to be under a lot of pressure to complete this jump. Um, Maybe it might be better to not focus on that so much, but I guess we'll see how that works out. He's had a season where he hasn't had two clean skates. Um, Most of the fall season, his short program wasn't, good and then he would have a really good free skate and then at nationals it was the flip he had a really good short program at nationals and then his free skate wasn't great so i'm hoping he can put out two good programs here um having both the short and the free skate uh skated perfectly the way he wants it to um instead of you know not doing so well in one and then doing well in another so i'm hoping we see him having two strong skates in, in Japan. Now, one thing I have to mention, this World Championships is kind of going to be a bittersweet for Canada's Keegan Messing because this is Can- uh, Keegan's last World Championships. Um, and, you know, it's he's been someone we've seen for a number of seasons now, and this is this whole season's been like his farewell tour. Every competition, you know, we say this is his last, this is his last. And and just the last competition where, you know, Claire, you were there when Keegan really had himself a really good skate. Um, I'm hoping we see that for his last world championships. I have to say his, uh, his long program, seeing it live in um... – Colorado Springs at Four Continents was really like one of the best performances I've seen in probably the past four or five years, um, just as a spectator, um, in terms of the excitement, his connection with the crowd, um, and uh, what he was able to put out there was really amazing. So uh, yeah, I'm definitely hoping that we can see a repeat of that in Saitama. Absolutely. I have watched Keegan since he skated in the U.S. at the at the lower levels um, to see him going toward, you know, the cap on his career. It would be great to see him put out those performances at this competition to, you know, solidify his skating legacy and just kind of close the door on on worlds for him. I hope he won't feel too much pressure because, you know, knowing it is the end of his career, it's almost like he has, you know, not much to lose. So hopefully, um, you know, he can just kind of go for it and uh, enjoy himself out there. Mm -hmm. Another one that's, you know, been really having a good season here, especially at the end here, is Italy's Matteo Rizzo. Uh, Second at Europeans, third at Challenge Cup. Um... I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and has a really good skates in um, Japan here. I think, you know, in the beginning of the season, I probably wouldn't be like saying his name right now, but I'm really, since the second half of the season, um, he's just been doing really well. And I think his momentum from these two competitions here may, you know, help him in Japan. Um, we also got Jason Brown is back for a world championships for the first in two years. Um, and his best was fourth in 2015, which seems like so long ago. And then, um, Daphne and I were talking about this earlier, but Andrew Torgashev, who thought his season was going to end at nationals that, you know, he just wanted to come out and skate. Um, and show everyone that he was back after injury is now making his world debut. (laughs) He wasn't someone I was thinking was going to go to worlds this year. No, that was one of the biggest surprises at nationals. I feel like there were a couple in the men's event there. Um, We had Max Nalmov, we had Torgashev, Jimmy Ma's free skate. (laughs) Like those are just three that just stand out to me. It was like, boom, boom, boom. It just got you so excited for for the final group. And we can't forget, though, Francis, Adam Xiaohim Fa, mm-hmm. who won Europeans. I feel like at 22, he is now just starting to 
to reach where where he can go. Like I feel like he's on the cusp of breaking through. With Europeans win, he could be a surprise at Worlds. And not mm-hmm. necessarily a surprise, but he may just continue cementing this season for him because he has just been on fire as well. Mm-hmm. Adam is kind of like, you know, my sort of dark horse pick for the podium at uh, Saitama because, you know, his uh, performances at Europeans, particularly in the short program, were, you know, really, really impressive. And, um, you know, I think the judges like him. He's a very complete skater. Um, he doesn't have like, you know, sort of big weakness areas, you know, which is um, great. Um, so I, I like his his chances in Saitama. I'm looking forward to seeing him there. I'll say that. I think one final skater that we have to we have to mention in the men's event, uh, Kazuki Tomono. He was sixth at last year's Worlds, so he was third at. Japanese nationals. He's another one that could come and just break through. He's 24 years old. Potential is there. Again, Japan has this deep list of men. We haven't even mentioned that Kao Miura, (laughs) who decimated everyone at Four Continents, is not even on the roster for this competition. That tells you just how deep the field is in Japan. Yeah. I mean, he won gold at Junior Worlds, but they could have, yeah. you know, sent him to Senior Worlds as well. Um, and yeah. We saw how he competed on the senior level this whole season, you know, winning at Four Continents too. Um, but yeah, so definitely a lot of depth in Japan. And, and we mentioned Yuma Kagiyama, who's coming back from injury. He's another one to throw in the mix next year. Yeah, Japan has been using a similar process to what we do in the U.S., where they're kind of looking at body of work a little bit more. And Soda had such a big fall season that they could, even though he finished off the podium at nationals, they couldn't keep him off the world team. They had to, they had to put him in. Plus, look at what he's done. I mean, mm-hmm. he missed. He had a couple of seasons where he was injured and his results were just not not his best. And I remember seeing him at, I think it was a Junior Grand Prix in Colorado Springs and thinking, oh, he's going to be amazing. And it just, you know, he had a few rough years and now he's come back. And so we'll see. The men's event is going to be really exciting I feel like either the short or the free is going to have to be on my must-see list <laughs> for staying up in the middle of the night to watch. Yeah. So I think we're ready to transition to the women. There's another opportunity for the champion to defend. Kari Sakamoto, to me, has... Her season has not been completely consistent, but I think that... Her little rivalry with Mai Mahara has led to both of the women to raise their level of skating higher with each performance. Mm -hmm. They've traded results throughout the season. It's been fun to watch them. I feel like it's a friendly rivalry. I don't feel like it's so, so serious, but it's fun to see them continue to push each other like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has been fun to watch them go back and forth a, a couple times this season. Um, so it'll be exciting to see them go head-to-head at Worlds. What's interesting in the women's event is other than Evgenia Medvedeva, we really haven't had a repeat champion hmm. since way back earlier in the 2010s. Like Mawasada won it in 2010 and 2014. And in 2008, but it's not like back to back. We've even before Medvedeva, the last back to back champion was someone we're very familiar with, Michelle Kwan. <laughs> yes. That was way back in 2000. <laughs> so it's been quite wow. a while since we've had huh. a repeat champion. Um, I think we could, but I also can see it going the other way. Yeah. Well, they say it's very hard to defend your title, and I can see why. Uh, you know, the pressure 
um, that you have coming in to defend it. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting uh, women's event there. But, you know, another one who was on the podium last year at Worlds that could be back on the podium, she hasn't had such a great season. It's been a little up and down for her, is Belgium's Luna Hendricks. Um, and I know she was the world silver medalist last year, so she's definitely looking to get on the podium again. Season has been kind of up and down, um, with her a little bit, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she, you know, can pull it together and, uh, get on the podium. I feel like, you know, uh, not long shot is probably too strong a word, but I, you know, of the field, after Sakamoto and Mihara, you know, I think my pick to to move onto the podium, maybe with them, might be Yalem Kim um, more than Luna. Um, mm. Although I love Luna's skating, and yeah, and she obviously is super successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Korean women's field has been strong too. We talk about you know the Japanese for men, um, and you know, and Japanese for women as well. But the Korean women have just been, you know, dynamite, especially not only in the senior circuit, but um, in the junior. We saw it, you know, mm-hmm. at Junior Worlds with the Japan and Korea back and back. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised there if Elam Kim was me- would medal, you know, definitely. Well, I don't think that we can count out Anastasia Gubanova, who won Europeans, I mean, Gavanova had the skates of her life at Europeans. Does she have enough in the tank to come into Worlds and contend for a spot on the podium? Again, too, the ice is slippery, so you never know what's going to happen and mistakes get made. I mean, who had Kimi Rapond as their bronze medalist at Europeans? I didn't. didn't. And she's going to be at Worlds, too, so who knows what she, you know, will put out there. Yeah. Um, I do think on, from, from the United States, we have Isabel Levito. Isabel, she was the world junior champion in 2022. She unfortunately had to withdraw from four continents due to illness. That was kind of a strange withdrawal. Like no one seemed to know what was going on. Like, is she skating? Is she not skating? Until it was finally announced that she withdrew. Yeah, Claire, do you have anything with that? You were at Fort Continent, so did you know what was going on? Because I know us watching at home had no clue. We just didn't see her at the six-minute warm-up. I have to say that there was no, um, no, there was no information um, that was provided to the media that that the public didn't also hear. You know, um, it was um a bit mysterious uh, as well to the to the press at the event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see, you know, um hopefully she has recovered from whatever the illness was and she's looking to uh compete in her first world championships because she is the reigning, well, she's no longer the reigning, but she was won the world junior championships uh last season. Yeah. I think Isabeau has been very consistent this season with her performances. We do have a major comeback, though, to this Worlds with Brady Tunnell, who who will be competing at her first Worlds since 2021. Um, the new coaching situation seems to be working out pretty well for her. And the more time that she's there, the more time she'll have to gel and really get into the zone. And we've talked about this before, how skaters going through a coaching change, it often takes a season or two for them to really start to move back up the standings once they get into that, once they get fully immersed into that new environment. Um, It's happened a lot in dance where the first season, the team will go to their new coach and maybe their results don't show they they don't really show what they're capable of. And then the next season, you start to see them moving up the trajectory again because they're really in the right place that they need to be in order to take their career to the next level. And so I think Brady is really getting immersed in being in France. Mm-hmm. I like the effect on her skating. I think uh, I think she's she's looking great in terms of her her 
style, her programs, um, you know, her maturity. I think it's it's a you know, it's a good move for her in that regard, in my opinion. We also have to mention before we close out our discussion on the women, Amber Glenn, this is her first world championships. She's been around for a while. She has been up and down consistency as far as consistency this season. I really believe that Amber is just waiting for that one competition to really like let loose and break out. Whether it will be this world championships or not, I'm not sure. But I think she has all the tools to be able to do it. She just needs to execute. Yeah, so much potential with Amber, you know. It's yeah. Just, there's, um, you know, that triple axel in competition is just waiting to happen. It's super close. And, uh, you know, the rest of her skating has really kind of overall been on the upward swing the last couple of years. And, you know, it's going to be really exciting, I think, to see her make her debut at Worlds. Yeah, and she did have a coaching change as well this season, too, um, moving to Colorado Springs. And I think that has been good for her um, to be among, you know, the elite skaters every day who are training those triple axles and those quads and stuff. And I think that's given her the motivation to just keep pushing herself. And so, yeah, I really want that triple axle for her. Um, hopefully, <laughs> maybe maybe she'll land it here at her first world championships. I think that would be really cool for her to have that moment. But yeah. Yeah, I agree with Claire. There's a lot of potential there. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that opportunity. It's I feel like the moment is coming and I really want it for her because I think if she is able to put out two great performances at this competition, it can help her build on for next season and continue to improve and get to where she wants to be. Well, let's move on to pairs, which I know is Claire's favorite discipline. (laughs) (laughs) One of the reasons we wanted to have Claire on the podcast is because we know that she really cares about the pair's discipline. Um, her her website, A Divine Sport, focuses mostly on pairs, although she is branching out into some different disciplines too. We really want to get your take on pairs. So, Claire, we're going to kick it off to you. <laughs> what are you thinking? I think it's going to be, to me, it's going to be such a showdown. So, what do you think? Absolutely. I mean, you know, obviously it looks like, you know, the the battle at the top between Mira and Hara, Mira Kihara and uh, Niram and Fraser is it's going to be a repeat of last year's Worlds, um, sort of carrying that rivalry forward and uh, seeing who comes out on top this time. And I, I think it will be an exciting battle. Um, you know, neither team has been They've both had a lot of uh, great moments and highlights this season, but neither has really been perfect. And, you know, which of them will kind of grab the moment in Saitama is sort of, you know, obviously the the top storyline. Um, and then, you know, behind that, we have the question of, you know, who will step in there to um, join what, join those two teams on the podium who, who look fairly certain for the podium who will join them there um, is kind of like, you know, the second big storyline, I guess, in pairs for Saitama. I have to agree. Yeah, who do you think is going to be that team? Because I have my thoughts on, on, a, in Me a, too. on a team that I've enjoyed watching this season. I just wanted to know what you thought. Well, to me, I think you know, the top contenders, I think, for, for that third slot are going to be Conti Machi of Italy, uh, Chan and Howe of the U.S., and maybe as an outside, Stellato and um, Deschamps of Canada. Um, you know, and of those three, I would I would have to say Conti Machi, to me, seem the most likely to to take that, that third uh, spot on the podium. Um, yes, that, that's my take on it. Yeah, that's who I've been kind of thinking, you know, is number three. Um, I've just enjoyed watching them and just that we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, the depth in Italy for pairs. Um, we only got, well, Italy only has one spot for pairs and we had, you know, Rebecca Gilardi and Filippo Ambrosini had a really good season too um, and they're not there because 
Italy only had one spot. Um, and, but Sarah and Nikolai, it's just, yeah, they've had an incredible season. So I feel like the third spot may be theirs, but then the ones you just mentioned as well, Deanna and Maxime, um, definitely could, you know, go for the third spot. And, um, yeah, I, I, it's going to be an interesting pairs event in that sense. Yeah, we think that the top two spots are, you know, are sealed, but yeah. yeah, that third spot is kind of open a little bit. But I, you know, I'm uh, I'm leaning a little bit towards Sarah and Niccolo. Yeah, and I think um, too, Emily and Spencer have really stepped up this season. U.S. pairs kind of shook up a little bit, and we weren't even sure at the beginning of this season if. Alexa and Brandon were going to continue. And then they, it turns out that they did come back for this season. Emily and Spencer really stepped up. They made the Grand Prix final. They don't have, I mean, they're somewhat consistent, but I think there's more to be had. I don't think they've hit a peak yet. I think the two of them work really well together. They look like a cohesive team. I just think we haven't seen their best. And whether we see it at this competition or next season, I'm not sure. But I think there is definitely potential there for them to be leaders in pairs in the U.S. I definitely agree, Daphne. And, you know, I think we started to actually see that more of that potential come out from Emily and Spencer at Four Continents, where they really had a terrific free skate and, um, you know, really stood out there. And I actually think that if they put out their best at this competition, um, if we see something from them at the level that they put out at Four Continents, then they absolutely, absolutely have a chance at the podium here. Um, you know, I do think that Conti Machi have been a little bit more consistent through the whole season, um, and particularly with their side-by-side -side jumps. Um, however, um, Emily and Spencer definitely could, could challenge, I think, for that, that podium position. Yeah, it's definitely really, it's really exciting. I feel like pairs doesn't always get the attention that some of the other disciplines get. And I really think this season has shown a light on some of the other teams that in the past haven't gotten the attention. Mm-hmm. And have had opportunities to shine like this. I mean, Deanna Stilato, Maxime Deschamps, it's incredible what they've accomplished this year. It's It's been wonderful considering, I mean, people are always very quick to point out Deanna's age. For her age, she is very fit. She is very capable. I think they started stronger at the beginning of the season than what we've seen like later in the year. But if they skate cleanly, I think they could definitely have a good finish at this competition and continue working toward this quad. I mean, again, we, as we mentioned, this is the beginning of a quad. I feel like we're saying this now and we're going to blink and it's going to be 2026 and we're going to be another Olympics. So this is the journey. This is the beginning of the journey to the 2026 Olympics in Italy. So mm -hmm. I'm excited. Yeah. And speaking to that, you know, there are a number of pairs that are going to be uh, making their first uh, appearance at world championships together as a team, you know, including the Canadians, uh, Pierre, Perrier and Misha, and also McIntosh and Mimar. And then um, the German team, Yefimovo Blomer, and there's others as well, um, including Cam O'Shea from the U.S. So this is like a very new field at, mm -hmm. at Worlds uh, for pairs. And it's going to be really exciting to see some of these teams make their debut and kind of make their first statement and, you know, what's going to be like a four-year journey for them. I know. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for this journey that we're going to be on kind of with them, watching them go through this yeah. Also for Japan, if you think about it, Mira and Kihara are breaking barriers. I feel like we've seen a lot of that this season with teams that are not just teams, but skaters who are setting the bar. Like they're the first skater from that country to do this. 
I feel like that continues. Mm -hmm. Like last year, they were the first skaters to win a silver medal or even medal at the world championships in pairs. If they win the competition, they'll be the first to ever win. Um, I think they're inspiring a generation of pairs in Japan. And that's exciting to see. Very much kind of like Shen and Zhao did for pairs in China. I think we're going to see, I'm hoping that we're going to see that same trend in Japan now that they're having these results because it gives it, it makes it so pairs is a viable option for skaters. As we've talked about, the women and men field in men's fields in Japan are so packed that even a great skater may not get opportunities. Pairs could give them the opportunities that they are not able to get in singles just because of the deep field. So it's it's definitely exciting to see that coming to life. And I hope that it does kind of have that chain reaction like we saw with the Chinese pairs. Yeah, and I also hope that, that, you know, with our U.S. pairs teams that have been, you know, with Alexa and Brandon winning uh, the title last year and and, and possibly winning it here um, in Japan, that that kind of brings more attention to our pairs in the U.S. and maybe some mm-hmm. more skaters are interested in t- trying pairs because – you know, this could be Alexa and Brandon's last world championships. They haven't said anything about how long they're going to keep going. Um, and so we need, you know, some more pairs to kind of step up. And Emily and Spencer are really, you know, carrying the torch. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm just hoping that maybe with like, as Daphne, you were saying with Japan, this is an opportunity for skaters in Japan, you know, to compete in pairs. Same for the U.S. Um, hopefully, maybe some skaters will, you know, look at this and say, okay, you know, the U.S., we can be strong in pairs too, and, and we'll consider trying out pairs. Um, I think there's been a lot of growth over the last season in pairs in, in the world, I think. Obviously, we haven't talked about it, but the Russians are not competing at competitions still. And I know that there has been dis- discussion on social media about how they're missed and their, you know, their style and their elegance. I think there's a lot to be said for the skaters that we are getting to see and what they are presenting out there. I think it's it's been fantastic to see the development and how the skaters have stepped up and are doing better than what they did previously. They're trying, they're, they're building or continuing to build interest in the sport without the top pairs stars that we've seen in the past. I'm excited to see what this world brings. I agree with you, Daphne. I think, you know, this is sort of a bit of a transitional year in Paris, but, um, but we're going to see the results from it, you know, sort of rippling out in, Japan and hopefully in the U.S. over over the past the next few years rather, and um, you know I also agree with uh, Deanna Stellato uh, said recently in an interview. You know she said the the level even if all the players stay the same this year next next year in pairs the level will increase. You know this mm-hmm. is the first year in a quad and you know over the next three years we are going to see the level continue to grow even if the players were to stay the same. So mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's an interesting year in pairs and um yeah and I think it's it's gonna have a lot of uh yeah as I said ripple effects. I hope so. I think I think we have seen growth in the last year. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right, Claire. I think we will continue to see that. I think Deanna is right that we <laughs> were continuing to see that. I love that she's so feisty. I feel like she's she's a great ambassador for the sport because she believes in the pairs in the world and, and them being able to continue to carry this sport forward each year. So let's transition to Daphne's favorite discipline. <laughs> It's it's really exciting. I think the world, I think world championships 
I think we're going to see a showdown between two teams, but I also think there are teams outside of the top two that could definitely be in there to challenge. Daphne, one uh, thing I want to say about dance, only discipline that we will not have the possibility of a return champion. So there you go. So yeah, Gabriella Papadakis and Guillaume Cicerone are not competing this season. They haven't made an announcement about their future. I think they're taking it year to year. They're definitely young enough that if they wanted to come back, they they could. Uh, also, the silver medalists from last year, Madison Hubble and Zachary Donahue, they had their own farewell tour last year. So they are they have retired and moved on. Madison is doing coaching and Zachary is also coaching and doing different seminars. And last year's bronze medalist was Madison Chalk and Evan Bates. The interesting thing about them, um, again, we weren't sure if they were going to return this season, but they decided to. Fourth at last year's world, Charlene Guignard and Marco Fabri, they're back again, as well as Piper Gillis and Paul Poirier, who were fifth. Piper and Paul have come on like gangbusters this year. They are like a team on a mission. But I also think that Chalk and Bates are in a similar position. The difference is, I think Gillis and Poirier started the season strong and have continued to be strong throughout the entire season. Chalk and Bates started slower because they did take some time off. Um, They're... Performances at Skate America were not their best. They were still able to win the title there. And then they finished second at NHK Trophy to the Canadians Lawrence Fournier Beaudry Nikolai Sorensen. That was a bit unexpected. And I feel like a lot of people wrote them off after that and thought, okay, they're going to be no higher than fourth or fifth at the final. They're not going to come back from this. That couldn't have been further from the truth. Uh, Chalk and Bates finished second at the Grand Prix Final and have continued to up their presentation and performances since then, winning the Four Continents title. They're heading into this competition with the highest score that's been posted at an international competition this season. Piper and Paul, again, very consistent, but missed four continents and the Canadian championships due to Piper having an appendectomy. Piper has posted on social media that she is feeling great and they're ready to go fight for the world title in Japan. I think the fight between those two teams is going to be so exciting to watch and I can't figure, I can't fathom which team is going to win and I can only say that I have watched both Piper, Gillis, and Evan Bates skate since <laughs> they were very little. So it's I'm just I'm just really excited to see how the that is gonna turn out. However, you cannot count out Italy's Charlene Guignard and Marco Fabri. They are brilliant technicians. They have a coach that has continued to push them to reach even further, you know, deep down inside themselves and and have performances that are breathtaking. They also are extremely consistent. When I think of teams that are consistent or skaters who are consistent, they are top of the list. You can count on them in their performances to deliver every time. So although we're all watching for Gillis and Poirier and Chalk and Bates to be the big stars at the top of the podium, I don't think you can count out the Italians. I think they have proven over time that they are diligent, resilient, and they fight hard. So I think it's going to be very interesting between those three teams. But I also think that you can't... Dance is a funny thing because there are all these little things that you have to watch for. Teeny weeny, you know, 
edges very much like all skating there are edges and there's so much involved into what makes a beautiful skating Lawrence, as i mentioned Lawrence fernia bodry nikolai Sorensen bested chalk and baits at nhk trophy they had a battle of their own going on in canada for even the canadian title because they almost finished second to Marjorie Lechois and Zachary Laga, who have had an incredible season and should be at Worlds. My hope, one of my hopes for this Worlds is that Canada gets back its three spots because they have a very deep dance field and it is really almost a tragedy that Lechois and Laga are not at this competition because I think they've earned it. They've earned the right to be there and should be there. It's just difficult with the way that we determine spots every year. And this is honestly a topic for another conversation <laughs> at a later date. Uh, the way we determine spots, it, it's not always perfect. And it's sad that they will not be at this competition because I think their results this season have earned them a spot there. Absolutely, Daphne. Um, I just... Uh... As you might have seen, I just published a short piece about La Joie and Laga uh, after speaking with them at Four Continents. Um, and, uh, you know, they definitely are super sad to be missing this event, um, but they absolutely had a great attitude about it. And, you know, uh, but they are, you know, um, we're going to miss them there, but I am sure they'll be back next season to be taking their place, you know, at the top of the ICF's discipline for sure. Yeah, they're resilient, those two. They, their partnership, they skated together, then they split up, then they got back together. And they've just been on this upward movement since then. And I look forward to seeing what they bring to the table next year because they can use this disappointment to really fuel them to even push further. Um, another team we have to talk about is um, Lila Fear and Lewis Gibson of Great Britain. They always bring the entertainment factor to their performances. They're always fun, energetic, exciting. They have cool elements and they have a great connection. So I think, you know, they were top six at Worlds last year. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be at least top six at this competition. I think they're waiting. If someone makes a mistake, they're going to sneak in there. Like this is, they're the type of team. Again, very consistent team. Um, so unfortunately, we did have one withdrawal uh, from the competition. Caitlin and Jean-Luc are not on their way to Saitama. They have withdrawn. And so the U.S. has two teams that they're sending. Uh, Caroline Green and Michael Parsons. This will be their first Worlds. It's lots of Worlds debuts. Um, they are the silver medalists from the U.S. Championships. And Carrera and Ponmarenko, who were the U.S. bronze medalists, will be taking the place of um, Caitlin and Jean-Luc um, at, at Worlds. This is their first Senior Worlds. They've been to Junior Worlds a bunch of times and medaled. Um, they're very excited. Gina and I interviewed them on the podcast just last week. So they're very excited to get to Japan. They've heard lots of great things about, about a World Championships in Japan and how... And, and about the energy. Yeah. And I um, think the Japanese are going to be excited to see Kana Miramoto and Daisuke Takahashi yes, compete in the world championships in Japan. Um, you know, I've really enjoyed their Phantom program this season. And it was unfortunate for Continents didn't go well for them. Um, you know, Daisuke, I think, was definitely dealing with the altitude um, in that free free dance because again um that free dance i i love that phantom free dance so i think the japanese um crowd will really enjoy watching them one thing i wanted to mention daphne too was there are two skaters that you've probably seen quite a bit in the u.s in ice dance now competing at the world championships for different countries Olivia Schilling and Adrian Carhart will be making their world's yes. debuts for two different countries. And we were, were used to seeing them compete in the U S 
Yes, Adrian's been a solo dancer. I've watched her at competitions. Olivia has skated with several partners at the national level in the U.S. It's exciting that they both have qualified to compete at their first worlds. It's, it's just, I appreciate these opportunities. I know there are lots of different opinions on skaters from one country representing another country, but I truly feel that if there are no... I mean, in most cases, there are not alternatives like that country won't have a team because they don't have a skater at the level to be able to to compete at a competition. And I, I think that we miss out on on seeing teams like that. I, I think it's important for it not to be the norm, but also for it to be thoughtful, like these partnerships should be thoughtful. So I'm excited for both of them. There are some other teams, though, too, that I think will figure into the top 10. Um, I think we have to look at Yulia Turkula and Matthias Versluis. They won the bronze medal at Europeans. They've had a great season. Uh, their coach is Maurizio Margaglio, who everyone remembers. He he actually is the former partner of Barbara Fuserpoli, who coaches the Italians, <laughs> Gugnard and Fabri. I'm really excited to see his school starting to get some attention. Uh, there are, are results that are um, happening. They're, they're really getting, it's becoming on the forefront. Um, so I'm excited to see that. Also, Allison Reed and Solius Ambrulavicius, they're having a great season so far. They missed the podium at Europeans in fourth place. Evgenia Loparova and Jeffrey Brousseau of France carrying the French ice dance system on their backs without Gabriella Papadakis, Guillaume Cizeron, have continued to increase and push themselves this season to have um, higher and better results. They've even, I think, won a couple of competitions. Um, and those are just a few. I think... One thing is for sure, we're going to see some new teams make the top 20, which we haven't had. Usually it's a, a lot of times the same teams. I think there are going to be some new faces in that, and I'm excited to see who it is. With 33 dance teams, it's sad to say that, you know, 13 will not make it. And Gina and I have talked previously that we think in the interest of continuing to grow the sport, um, in dance and potentially in pairs as well, it's time to increase that back up. It's time for it to be what it was. Um, it's not like you're cutting out bad performers. You're cutting out good performers. And it's sad. I saw it at Junior Worlds with some of the teams that didn't make the free dance. I really want to see, you know, more of these teams make it. I agree, definitely. It's just, you know especially with some of the uh, teams that are just outside maybe the top 20, you know, or who are vying to get into that, that final 20, you know, some of them are from smaller countries. Um, so it would be really great, you know, for people, skaters in that country to, to see their team, you know, make the final. Yeah. Um, and that just helps raise the, the level of the discipline in their country. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about that with Japan and pairs and how having a top Japan uh, pair team from Japan is going to increase the visibility. You're right, Claire. This is how we grow the sport by uh, and build um, new teams or have new skaters get into it. You need to have that visibility. You need to have, you know, the benchmarks be achievable. And I think that the level of skating and performances is high enough in that group that's just outside the top 20, it's time. You know, I know that that some of the decision-making might be financial, but I think it's important for the growth of the sport. If we're looking to grow it continually outside, especially in the smaller countries, we need to have this. It's important to make it achievable so that more kids will go into sport, especially, you know, in pairs, you know, the number of competitors is still small. We need more. We need to do this. I feel like, again, it's a topic for a roundtable discussion in the future. Let's talk about how to grow the sport, not only the fan base, but the actual competitors, like the, the competitors that are needed to continue the disciplines. 
I think one more team, there's one more team I want to mention before we close out of dance. Um, and this is, was a last minute surprise that I did not anticipate was going to happen. But Estonia's uh, Soline Mazinge and Marco Gaidenko finished 20th at Worlds last year, which was a fantastic accomplishment. Unfortunately, there was a, an accident that happened, and Celine has been recovering all of this time. They announced on Instagram a day or two ago, they're competing at Worlds. They will be there. Whether or not they qualify for the free dance, I'm not sure. I haven't seen video, much video from their training, so I don't know what their capabilities are right now. I think her just being there and them just being there is a huge testament to resilience. Mm -hmm. A personal victory. So getting to see them compete is just, you know, regardless of the results, is just a personal yeah. victory for her that she, you know, was able to come back from this. And it was a surprise to many of us. I think we all thought maybe they'll just sit out the whole season and, and then here she goes and posts that, they're going to be able to compete. So again, yeah, that'll be, it'll be cool to watch them, you know, compete in Japan. Well, I'm excited for them to have the opportunity. And regardless of result, I think this starts them on the journey, continues them, or this is their starting point on the journey back. Because after watching them at last year's Worlds, I really thought, or, and I still do think they have a lot of potential and so I'm happy to see them be able to start back on the journey. I think the last team that we need to mention are the siblings, Natalie and Philip Tashler, who, of course, train with Matteo Zani. Yeah, Matteo is building a little army at Young Goose Academy with Barbara Reznikova, who is a former ice dancer. She competed uh, for Czech Republic and I think Austria. Um Last time I saw her skate, I think, was 2016 World Championships. She just made the cutoff for the free dance. So that was cool. There, um, Mateo's doing quite a bit. He has the World Junior Champions, Marazkova and Marazek. And he also is coaching the Georgians, who relocated to train with him. The Tashlers... What he has done with the Tashlers from the time I saw them in junior to now is incredible. They've really um, just improved so much. So he's doing a lot, though, in, with with other with dances from other countries as well, like Czech, other Czech Republic teams. And also, I think he's coaching one or two teams from Italy and he works with the Georgians. It's it's pretty incredible. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see how they do. Um, you know, the Tashlers are, you know, seem like they could be a bit of an outside threat for the uh, top 10. It's definitely possible. So I'm just going to be curious to see how, how far they can move, move up after placing 13th last year at Worlds. Yeah, it'd be great if they could move into the top 10 to earn two spots because, of course, with the World Junior Champions, will probably move up next season. That'll make more room. Very much like what's going on. Lila and Lewis are, are opening some doors for Great Britain, which will make room for Becker and Hernandez, who, again, world medalist at the junior level. Well, that wraps up our discussion on the upcoming world championships. Gina, can you let folks know where they can find us? You can find us on our website. It's thisweekinskating.com. On social media, Twitter, at thiswkinskating.com. And Facebook and Instagram, it's This Week in Skating. We love your feedback or your questions. Let us know who you're excited to watch at the World Championships. You can reach out to us on social media or email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. And we appreciate all of the feedback we've received so far. We're very grateful for Claire to have taken the time to chat with us today. Claire, can you let folks know where they can find you? Yes, um, folks can find my website at a divinesport.com. Excellent. Well, thanks, Claire. With that, we have reached the end of our episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Daphne. 
And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a great week and enjoy Worlds! Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.